You're listening to the Fire in the Hole podcast with Richard and Jason, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. If you like the show, you can come and check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you want to be a guest on the show or you want to get in touch, drop us a line at fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. That's fireintheholepodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the show. This is a season three uh, premiere of Richard and Jason Go to the Movies. Mm. Uh, it's been a while. A very popular segment. Yeah. What was the last movie we saw? Uh, it's hard to remember. I feel like it was Last Jedi, maybe. Oh, maybe. Was it Last Jedi? It's possible. Because we did Rogue One. Last yeah. Jedi kind of took away our will to live. Right. Like Luke. Especially since we saw it <laughs> twice. <laughs> exactly. In the same night. <laughs> <laughs> the gods tried to stop us to wa- watching it. Exactly. And uh, the last time that actually happened, that there was actual divine intervention in a movie, it, w- it was for a good reason, too. It was the Dungeons & Dragons movie. And the projector failed at the premiere. And oh, did it really? Yeah. And then I was, like, super upset because this is, like, 10 years in the making. Everyone's wanted to see a Dungeons & Dragons movie officially. Wait, this was when you were a kid? This is when I'm, like, younger. Okay. Um, and younger than you are now. Younger than I am now. Yeah. That narrows it down. Correct. I wasn't as old as I am now when mm. this happened. Okay. It was in the time before. Mm, the not, before time. Not the, not the, not the now time not or the, the, time. the after time. Right. But uh, be that as it may, we just went to see Venom. We sure did. And, sure did, Jason. Uh, this is probably the last, the last goddamn review of this movie that's going to come out before this movie leaves theaters. Yeah, it's, uh, we're kind of late to the party, right? Yeah, but I, I have a theory about why it's still in the theater. Oh, do tell. Because there's nothing else. <laughs> Literally nothing else right now. It is the most dead zone movie like period I've ever seen. Like yeah. you saw, we got we went right to the counter. There was no one there. Nobody. Uh, it was empty. What else was playing? Like nothing. 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 There was some sort of movie called Overlord, which I've, I haven't heard about. Uh, First Man, which I think may be a space movie, but I haven't heard any vibes about that either. No, I think it's a historical drama or something. In space, right? I, I don't know. Uh, well, I yeah. think it's about Mars, but who cares? Oh, maybe. We're going to be getting so many more of those, too. <laughs> like what? Like M- space, Mars movie? Like basically incep- uh, inter- interstellar type movies. Oh, like The Martian? The Martian. And, and we're going to be getting a whole bunch of those. 
which irks me because I mm. covered all of that territory in my landmark short film in second year of film school. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> called uh, Imprint, which uh, I covered all this territory. Why are they doing this? <laughs> yeah, you've already, you've already done, it, done it all. Godfather, like you don't remake Godfather. Right. You don't remake Imprint. You squeezed every last drop out of that medium. I covered all the salient points. Yeah, at in like point. seven minutes. Correct. 11. Eleven. But yes, they sorry, my mistake. How dare you? How um, gauche? How gauche of you? So yes. um, we're here at Hurley's. Uh, if you haven't heard, uh, like the ambiance around us, uh, we actually managed to find a bar on a hockey night in a yeah. home game. That's not like a cacophony of of douchebags. It's about to let out, so we might just we might get overrun. We might get overrun, so we're taking we're being dangerous. That's right. We d- we did two daring things tonight. Yeah, but it happens. It happens. We walked into a movie that was had no reason to actually please us whatsoever. There was no... Or exist. Or exist, really. Yeah. That's actually a great place to begin. Hmm. Um, it is definitely in the pantheon of films that I don't think anyone wanted to see in this, in this way, the way it was done. No, I don't think anyone did. Not that I know of, anyways. I you mean, know better than I would. Well, I mean, not Not like this. <laughs> not like this. Not like this. <laughs> It's it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a parallel that this could really work. It it would almost be like um, if for some reason Disney or or Lucasfilm or whatever lost the rights to the Jedi and all the the Jedi related stuff, hmm. and then the other, the company that like got their hands on the Jedi stuff would be like doing great, and then. Oh no, sorry. So the, well, yeah, exactly. So somebody has the Sith rights, like all the to the all the Sith stuff, and they can't hmm. bring in the Jedi because they don't have the Jedi. So they're just somebody making somebody owns the Jedi. Okay, yeah. That makes so sense. they're gonna make this um, like a Darth Maul movie. A Darth Maul movie, but no, with no Jedi though. I think I'd actually be more interested in watching that. <laughs> Might possibly. <laughs> well, that's just because we're forever imprinted with the Star Wars stuff. True. And we can't. We're whores for anything Star Wars. But apparently Darth Maul went on to do a bunch of stuff in like the side in the books and in the, uh, in the in the cartoons. animated shows yeah in yeah. the clone wars and stuff some of that's still canon right yeah th- th- i mean this film was pre- pretty much set up to fail on a similar level to like the assassins creed movie with michael fassbender ooh still never seen that one oh i, sw- I watched it it was very similar in the t- in the sense that it felt like it was a project that sh- that like stumbled and fell on its face from mm. the start and no one was really excited about or sure. the hype of it like left but some obstinate d- producer somewhere or studio was like god damn it we paid for this license we're gonna make a movie if i have to make it myself right <laughs> right <laughs> and it's gone th- it, it it has the chinese democracy syndrome from guns and roses where it, it went through so many hands and iterations and re re recuts that by oh, the end that would happen yeah, I mean, by the end of it, you just got this kind of stale movie that by the time it came out, nobody really cared. Okay, so you know way more about the backstory than I do. About Venom? Yeah, like the like what happened well, the easy behind the scenes, the writing, rewriting, reshooting, yeah. that kind of stuff. This was, this I think a Venom film had been teased or thought about as a concept pretty much from the Sam Raimi, uh, like Spider-Man era. Okay. Like when yeah, the fir- when the first Spider-Man landed with Tobey Maguire, did really well, and then he did the second one with uh, Doctor Octopus, and that one was actually even better. Yeah. 
and then we, of course we had the horrific shit show that was Spider-Man 3 where mm. most people forget but there was an actual oh, venom yeah. with Topher Grace Topher Grace wow in one of the campiest weirdest most bizarre like you just horrible films huh. it's still today like heavily memed on Reddit and stuff the emo Spider-Man stuff with the hair in his face oh and he's walking down the, the street disco dancing and, oh god and then they completely just shit the bed with the Venom stuff, which Venom is quintessentially a 90s thing, mm. right? He's like Spawn. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Because he was around for a bunch of years in the 80s mm-hmm. as, a, as a seminal villain for Spider-Man as a result of uh, the Secret Wars, which is ironic because the Secret Wars and the Infinity Wars kind of are both parallel in the sense that they're stories that take the superheroes into space. Sure. And so if they'd never touched this movie, if they'd never made this Venom movie right now, now that Spider-Man's back with the rest of the superheroes and they are in space right now in the Infinity Wars, mm-hmm. this would have been a perfect time to like get the symbiote into the mix. And then when they come back from the Infinity War stuff, Spider-Man and Venom can tussle, right? Sure. But clearly this is a movie that was conceived when there was no hope or th- or possibility of getting spider-man back i see okay sony had it, it's like claws digged into spider-man they were going to make 12 more and never let marvel have it hmm. and then like marvel had to like crush the everybody in the stu- in the box office repeatedly and dominate everything for sony to go okay let's do some business sure we'll lend him to you yeah give us a piece yeah please oh he's on loan <laughs> sort of but meanwhile while he's on loan there's no incentive to give him back right now because he could not be making more money. Right. So even on loan, he's making 10 times the money that he would be if they were just churning out crappy Sony Spider-Mans. Sure, that makes sense. And they learned that lesson with the uh, the, the, the last two films. With, uh, what's his name? Garfield? Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So the second Spider-Man was like universally despised, which I thought it was just kind of boring i didn't think it wait was there were two of those yeah the second one was with electro jamie fox's electro oh yeah i did see that and uh, it was that movie was really really despised hmm. whereas i thought i it w- i was okay like it wasn't that sure. bad but anyway that proved that sony cannot fucking do spider-man anymore mm-hmm. they landed to uh, <clears throat> but all this to say is that venom is a quintessentially 90s he's the stone cold steve austin of comics and like Stone Cold, he was a 90s sort of catalyst for the anti-hero, the rise of the anti-hero, right? Where the 80s were do-gooders versus bad guys, and then 90s were starting to have, like, good guys in black again. Sure. Not listening to the boss and not taking, you know, any lip from anyone. Mm. And for this movie to come out in 2018, it's kind of strange. A, no Spider-Man. Although, we'll get back to this in a second. Sure. They strangely, in the most bizarre way I've ever seen, I still can't, don't understand what they did in this movie. With the whole Spider-Verse animation crossover thing. Oh, God. Like, I can't even understand what that was. Yeah. Okay, so what do you know about Venom? Other than having seen it on a lot of t-shirts for the last 20 years. I know he's an alien. I know he comes from space. Right. I know that he gets his look because he attached himself to 
Spider-Man. Originally. With the whole black suit. Somehow he still looks like Spider-Man. But he doesn't have the symbol on his chest. In this movie, right. Yeah. So which which doesn't make sense. Right. Because he's not he's got no connection to Spider Man, but he Right. And I think he went in like he kinda went insane at some point, right? Like Venom? He, yeah. Like he apparently was not a complete psychopath and then attached himself to the wrong person or something happened there where it essentially drove him mad. Well, in this movie or in the comics? From what I heard about the backstory, okay. but okay. this is just like hearsay, a, right? The vague recollection. I didn't. I didn't. The read very any quick of the story is or. Spider-Man's in the space intergalactic storyline, and his r- suit gets ripped, and he's given time to rest. It's basically like a '80s storyline where the super being drew all the superheroes and the villains into this like battle world, okay. and forced them to have like a uh, a fight mm. for his amusement. Sure. And they had both had Sounds like... very Star Trek. Yeah. They both very Star Trek. <laughs> so they both had their little bases that they could retreat to and recoup, and then they would fight again. Okay. And so during one of these recouping, like, t- downtime, Spider-Man's like, crap, my, like, suit's all shredded. And he finds this weird alien machine, and he's like, oh, this looks like it could help me. And he tries to, like, like order a machine, like, to replicate, uh, sorry, a costume for himself. And it just spits out this black design that just like like liquid like goes onto him. He's like, all right, I don't know. I guess I have a costume now. Hmm. Storyline ends. He comes back to Earth, and then he starts having like weird missing time. And he gets up in the morning. And he's really tired. And he doesn't understand what's going on. He realizes that the suit is alive. And when he goes to sleep, it wakes him up, and he goes swinging through the city, and it's like looking around and. It freaks him out. So he immediately runs to the Fantastic Four and he like asks Reed Richards for help who performs a bunch of tests and then he happens upon the two weaknesses of Venom which were very on the nose, super on the nose. This whole movie was like on the nose of the movie which Mm -hmm. is ironic because Venom has no nose. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So he... So... The suit, while it's he's trying to get it off because he's freaked out, Peter Parker's freaked out about it. Um, the suit's like, "Don't take me off. I'm your friend. Like, I'll be anything you need me to be. Like a like a crazy girlfriend. Mm. Like, I'll just I just want to coexist with you. I need you know a partnership. And at first, Spider-Man sort of considers it, but then he's like, "No, this is too freaky." So, Reed Richards blasts it off with like sound and fire, and they think it's dead. But it escapes through the like sink hole or something. Sure. We forget about Venom. He's not even called Venom at this point. He's just a symbiote. Mm. And then they do this sub story where Peter Parker at the Bugle has this rival, Eddie Brock, right? Who's kind of a bit of a a meathead reporter, right? So this is in fact the he's the jock. He's the jock, but also he's like he's like he cuts corners. He's like mm. a. He's like a TMZ type of guy. Okay. And Parker keeps getting these exclusive pictures of Spider-Man, so that keeps him running with J. Jonah Jameson, but like Eddie Brock's just like trying to get that exclusive. So anyway, long story short, like in Spider-Man 3, if you were p- managed to pay attention to that shit show, Eddie Brock gets disgraced for like basically lying about his sources and fabricating stories. He gets fired. He starts to build, he gets broke, his career's gone, and he gets really, like, he starts pumping iron, and he's like, I'm going to fucking kill Peter Parker. He's the one that ruined me. 
Mm. And at this point, the suit finds him in the sewers. And they have a conversation about their mutual hatred of Spider-Man and Peter Parker. And that's how he becomes like a nemesis, like, a vil- like a, his villain. Sure. So the, all of these pieces are kind of necessary for Venom to become interesting because he spends the next 10 years in the comics like tormenting him. Tormenting Spider-Man? Spider-Man, yeah. yeah. And just being a straight-up villain and kind of a freaky villain and everything. <clears throat> Peter Parker barely, you know, defeating him time and time again. And we get towards the mid-'90s, and at this point, uh, Carnage comes along. So the symbiote starts to have these offspring. One of them is even like a psychotic killer. And this forces Venom into that Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of like... They, it forces a, him to team up with Spider-Man. So the symbiote is having babies by ripping pieces of like pieces, off? Yeah, like pieces are sometimes like cast off. Yeah. And they grow into their own thing. At first they're not. They're just like fledgling. They would die off normally. But this one time it bonds with this psychopath that Eddie Brock is locked up with. His mm. like cell bunkmate or whatever. Cassidy something. I forget his name. And that guy's like a straight up psychopath. And then they go on a tear. Start. He finds some minions and they start fucking up New York. And like Spider-Man's trying to stop him. And Venom feels like a responsibility to put him down. But there's that whole problem of like Spider-Man wanting not to kill. And then Venom kind of telling him like... A bit of the Daredevil Punisher problem, right? Sure. The half-measure speech. Mm. He's like, fuck you, Parker. Like, you're, you're just like this, you're this pushover. You never solve anything. Okay, fine. We, we, won't, we won't kill either, but like this particular creature, we need to kill. Like, mm. carnage is not going to stop. And at this point, the comic readers became huge, fan of, huge fans of Venom. Venom blew up like Wolverine level in popularity because he made more sense to the grungy 90s anti-hero you know wrestling kind of and Peter Parker do-gooder yeah Parker becomes a bit of a a mushy like like leftover of the 80s where he's you know cracking jokes and being like punching everyone and tying them up but never finishing the job interesting okay that's a good backstory yeah, so that that's how this works, right? Mm-hmm. But you remove Peter Parker and Spider-Man and the whole like contrast between them, they lose their purpose. Yeah, this film literally has no ex- no reason to exist as mm-hmm. such apart from it being a bit I would have expected this film to come out back when they were making those awful Wolverine films. Oh god, yeah, those are terrible. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were making like the terrible one that like Deadpool like still f- makes fun of hmm. and where they tried a couple of things they were still trying to find their feet and Fox was also trying to compete with Mar- Marvel but now that Marvel is like uncontested champion DC's like on its knees and it's like desperately trying to get back up this movie just at this point I think was just like listen let's just release it and see what we can recoup from the loss yeah, I feel like they were trying to do something different with, uh, I mean, because a superhero movie is a superhero movie is a superhero movie. They're, they're right. kind of like repetitive at this point and a bit saturated. They kind of made like a buddy cop movie. 
in, kind of, in this one, you mean? Yeah. They kind of made this like odd couple sort of thing right. going. But, but if we want to start talking about the film... Yeah, okay, let's get spoilery. All right, let's get spoilery. We're so at like the 20-minute mark. I think it's time. Right off the bat, we knew we were walking into a mediocre film, so that was never, you know, that was never in question, right? We're not like, sure. this movie's going to surprise us. Right. And also, whenever I see number one movie in America, like when online, like I see an advertisement, mm-hmm. I know that's a film that's in trouble. <laughs> and the hype machine's like just trying to get a couple of solid weekends in. Sure. Into the kitties, so it's like more of a timing thing. It's like it's number one movie in America, like right now, in November for the next twenty minutes, right? And then not so much. Where no good movies are coming out, right? Everyone's uh, prepping for the holiday movies, the January films, sure. and hyping what's coming next summer. Yeah, it's, it's it's just marketing. It's like on Kickstarter when like the the goal where it says like funded in five minutes, but the goals like. 10 bucks because <laughs> they don't actually need <laughs> the do money. They do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty smart. Yeah. It made, it made 800% of its goal of $20. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's it's not a lot of money. Yeah. And it's a paper clip mm. that glows in the dark. <laughs> Has that been done yet? I don't think so. Not, not to my knowledge. So, obviously, one of the only things I think that may have drawn both of us to sort of maybe even just entertain watching this film I mean, it was tom hardy which is a mm-hmm. is a guy who doesn't usually do just anything right true he does a lot of like interesting challenging stuff mm-hmm. um i can't ever tell if he, when he's acting and when he's being himself though i don't know if that's just lately i don't know i don't know the guy that well he just has this like grit kind of dirty unshaven I felt like he was being more of himself in this movie than he was when he was playing Bane 100% (laughs) yeah Uh, you really get a sense that the script here was like all over the place Mm. I tonally this was a completely tone deaf movie right Mm. because I think they're kind of going for a sci-fi horror feel at the beginning yeah right where like the alien goo lands sure and then evil industrialists who I'm not sure was supposed to be a clever take on Elon Musk or something. Something like that, for sure. Um, but evil. But just What if Elon Musk was evil? But, like, none of it at all. You know, the first thing that popped to my mind is, like, this is an incredible movie. And I mean incredible as in I believe none of it. <laughs> It's, it's in, not credible. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I am incapable Un- of... Uncredible. Exactly. <laughs> I'm incapable of giving it any credibility whatsoever right. because from the get-go, and I can see how in editing they probably justify this as like, oh, well, it's kind of like, you know, it's an homage to comics, so it has to be a little bit like frames and with a villain and whatever, but mm. it seemed like everyone was just delivering super on-the-nose, on the super obvious almost the room level dialogue where you like yell out the word what the guy's gonna say oh yeah i felt it very very predictable when he sees the goo Hmm. like beautiful beautiful. (laughs) like we're all both you know (laughs) and i like i don't know if that's inept directing or if that's a shit script or whatever but like it was it was amateur stuff Hmm. 
the actor who plays the bad dude, I'm, I'm a fan of his. Have you seen him in other stuff? Yeah. Where have I seen him? He looks familiar. He was in The Night Before. Okay. Well, he looks like a classically trained... Or The Night Of, or is it? He looks like a guy that, that has acting chops, but at this point, he just seemed like... He looked like a guy that was just fed lines and had no idea what he was doing. Mm. Like, he didn't know what he was playing. or Just like, okay, you're evil, and here's some lights. Right. And he's like, oh, uh, we're going to change the course of history. Right. And... I'm just going to passively watch as people are killed for my experiments. And the future is symbiotes for some reason. Yeah. And let's immediately do human testing. Which and everyone's objection, okay with. Objection. Oh, how old are your kids? Okay, human testing. It's almost like someone was aware because there's movies that suck because they don't properly address the motivations and the 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 path to corruption or like a scene they don't deliver right here it's like the writers seem to know that you needed to these pieces like in order for him to get his scientists to cooperate with him for his experiments evil industrialists had to threaten their families but they were kind of in a hurry and were annoyed that to, like they didn't want to take the time to establish that right so throwaway line yeah like how's your family mm. okay okay and everyone's high-fiving in the writing room like okay we've done the <laughs> we've established that he will do anything right you're like but shouldn't we maybe just like have subtly suggested that or laid down some sort of precedent for his you know mm. why is he evil how did he make it this far no idea. Why did he build a pharmaceutical empire to cure people? And he seems to, they seem to have wanted to make him kind of maybe tragic because he wanted to save the earth. He kept going on about how like the earth is dead soon. So, like this yeah, I guess so. But then how can you then believe that he wants that for the benefit of humanity? Maybe he just, he just wanted it for himself. <laughs> or a bunch of the stuff has been cut out. Yeah. That explains. It's like, oh yeah, where's the goo from? Oh, it's from a comet. Because I was coloni I was looking to colonize other planets with my spaceships, uh, and uh, we found this goo, and it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why? Why? You don't know what it is. Yeah. It's killed every single thing you've tried to bond it with. Where is? How would you even know that it was something that would even bond with anything? How do right. you know it's a symbiote? What? Are, why are you in such a rush? And why is this a, a? Why is this even a thing? Yeah. And how are you maintaining this kind of like? It's true. None of that was established at all. None of it. None of it. But there was hinted at it, but it seemed like the pre people writing it were like annoyed that they had to like put in those pieces. Yeah, yeah. We'll just join the action in progress. Right. Quick. Yeah. And and like we 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 just we like the first scene is like it's almost like the halfway point of the movie. It's 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 classic amateurish filmmaking or storytelling because it's a fundamental misunderstanding of a concept mm. that's taught in in art or in filmmaking or whatever. Whereas like show people don't tell them yeah. is something that is encouraged in in like good filmmaking. And there's conversations about how like. You know, if you want to save some time or you want to get people on board and you don't want your movie to lag too much, 
you can use some familiar symbols and tropes to like just inform the audience and so you can move on with your story sure. but like this was just like quick shortcuts and to everything hmm. so we can just get to the noise and the cg right right so it was bizarre because i've seen movies that were much more long-winded and tried to establish the motivations of characters badly martha martha but here we have a, a thing where the pieces are there but they're just kind of jammed in there um almost like weird shitty uh circuits being connected with like faulty wiring where they spent the least amount of possible they're just like quick quick let's connect these scenes and get into the action and he's evil okay he's evil yeah that's all you need to know <laughs> and I never really figured out Brock Eddie Brock's like whole motivation right because he's like an investigative journalist at first which is not which is not really uh true to the story right he's like you're an investigative journalist second to none you're the top you're the top you're the, they're the most but he was kind of a shitty journalist and, and one person recognized him in the whole town yeah and then cl- there was no sense of passage of time like it was confusing you never knew how much time had passed mm. apart from the, the goo landing and then six months later there was never any we- that was weird too because it's, it was so that symbiote takes over the old lady. Yeah. And then six months later, still in the old lady. It's still walking around in like East Malaysia. Not West Malaysia, East Malaysia. East Malaysia. In the airport scene, that was six months later. So it stayed in the old lady for six months. Just walking around. <laughs> in Malaysia. <laughs> in Malaysia. Yeah, that doesn't make Be- any sense. Before it took over a little girl in order to get to the dude. Or did it get to China? Did it just walk around Asia for a while? I don't know. What was it doing for six months in the old lady? I, I don't I don't know. And then this is like the leader, the the this is the leading monster, right? It's this like is the alpha. Uh, what's his name? Ricochet Riot. Riot. Is that a thing from the comics? Yeah, because of course after the Carnage storyline became really popular, they did what any company would do, and they're like more symbiotes. Right. So like a bunch of them started showing up, and then there was an anti-venom. And there was just like a gang of them at some point. And it was mildly compelling from the standpoint of like, it was like Ven- uh, Venom's children running amok and him trying to like bring them back into the fold or kill them. Were they all offshoots of him? Yeah. And in various iterations and color schemes. And they, they just started like bonding <laughs> with just different Just having people. kids all over the place. Yeah, just all over <laughs> the place. He's Jamaican. I'm kidding. Um, I'm going to pay for that. So the point is that... Riot was like a late entry into the car into the Venom world. Okay. But that's not even a problem. Let's say Eddie Brock is a really popular weird vice type guy who sure. like cracks the stories. Okay. So everything's going well and then he works for this really bizarre media company that's in the skyscraper for some reason mm-hmm. that looks like a corporation. Yeah. They were kind of go, trying to go for like a Daily Bugle kind of a thing, maybe. Maybe. Or like an alternate. I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. And then, again, they need to establish that Eddie doesn't follow the rules. 
so they just have him conversation about how he doesn't follow the rules. Don't give me, don't start any of your shit, Eddie. You know how you are. And then he immediately, just immediately flushes his career down the toilet. Mm-hmm. The next interview he does, he he just he just sabotages his entire career, which apparently he's had many years of successful reporting, and he's got a name for himself. And his boss tells him, "Don't start any shit." And he's immediately got but a hard because on because he busted into his girlfriend, his fiance's laptop to start going through her files. Why the fuck did he do that in the first place? We're still not clear on who his girlfriend is or was or what she did for a living. He just saw a screensaver of a bunch of pictures of, of them. And then he's like, hmm. I'm going to bring it to I'm going to sit down here and he knows her password and knows where to click. He's just snooping? He's just snooping through her stuff? He's just snooping. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move. It's a super dick move. And, and I th- for no reason. Like, what would he suspect that he's going to find in there? <laughs> I mean, at least include a conversation where he's a journalist and he's always looking for a scoop. So he's like bugging his girlfriend or fiance about like work sure. she's doing. And she's like, you know, I can't tell you, Eddie. Yeah. And you're like, you know, like, you know, I can't talk, you get in trouble. And then it's some, somewhere he takes the low road and does it anyway. Sure. But for him to just randomly like they have sex and then he goes out to like have some juice and he's like, eh, I'm just going to invade her privacy now. <laughs> <laughs> And not only invade her privacy for no reason, then when he confronts the evil billionaire, he doesn't even try to cover his tracks. Yeah. Or so that it, like, like fuck, it does, fuck my fiance. Like, I love her, but fuck her. He's mentioning names that he found in the secret file on her work laptop. Yeah, he's probably going like, like... Just putting her completely at risk for no reason. For like, no reason. You could have just said, oh, what, you know, what about this stuff that... I know about, but not drop like the actual names of the people in the lawsuit. Right, but once again, they included a reason, but they rushed through it. So the official reason was is I know he's a bad guy, which sure. you would believe maybe because you've seen he's a reporter, so he's heard stories about how this guy like has does questionable testing on patient stuff. Sure. But again, they didn't really establish it and explore it. This crack journalist who's already been run out of one town because we were met. We're given an excuse as to why he's not in New York with, with Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy who's already flushed his fucking career down the toilet once. Um, just like for no, like he didn't even get anything out of that interview. Nothing. Well, what did he think he was going to get? Yeah. The guy was going to confess? Like, yeah, I've been killing so people So what about the years. people you killed? What about, what about the human trials? Blah, blah, blah. It was like weird TMZ... Like, like even TMZ would have done a better job. It's like lazy, gotcha journalism. And again, it's the only reason for it is so that Eddie can lose his job. And his girl. And then the second he loses his job as his girl, he's immediately broke. Yeah. He's been a successful journalist for, I don't know, a year, two years, five mm-hmm. years, I don't know. And then the second his boss is like, you're fired, he's like circling dishwashing jobs in the paper. <laughs> you're like, bro, what happened? Didn't you have a bank account? No, they, they covered that because the, the bad dude, like, ruined him. Oh, but... Made him unemployable and made him lose his apartment. But th- he did did he say he was going to do that? Have a nice life. That's all he said. He did. But then afterwards, I think he, he mentioned that he, he ruined his life and he made him unemployable. But we never see it. No. 
So we're told a bunch of stuff, but well, none of it ever is really shown in a credible way. There was like a quick montage of him texting people and asking for for work, and they're like, we don't have anything I mean, for, for you. you. So they go through the exercise of showing that he's been sort of, you know, uh, blackballed, or I don't know what you want to call him. He's been... Blackballed, yeah. Yeah, he's been fucked over, like, mm. from the, from the up, up on high, but, like, they don't establish it. they just kind of like, oh, this is so annoying. We just have to justify why he got fired and he has got no job. So mm. quick, quick series of people telling him sorry. Right. And accept it. Because we're trying to get to the CGI scene. We're trying to get to the monster scene. Yeah, they had to, like, make him a loser in an endearing way. But I think they even kind of failed doing that because it's such a, such stupid decisions on his part. Well, and then... In but a because he gives $20 to homeless people, he's, right. he's a nice guy. So he gives $20... And he, and he knows his, uh, his corner store lady by name. His Chinese lady. So we're, again, we're given these elements in an effort to to give the character like ties that would make him uh, uh, like give him depth yeah. but everything's just rushed through and not get, we're justified sure, like right. oh he's really friendly with his Chinese you know depreneur lady and oh he lo- and he hangs out and of course the second he talks to this homeless woman she's immediately one of the captives of course somehow mm-hmm. even though he saw her like an hour ago she had time to be uh, captured loaded with a symbiote and then locked into a room with no supervision. And I think it said like she she had had it for like four days or something at that point. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. But that that's not mentioned, and no time is given to any of this. Right. Um, and now the rest of this review will be accompanied by the <laughs> Shillelagh Orchestra, <laughs> and we're going to affect Irish accents for the rest. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I really like this movie. <laughs> it was a bit of good. I can't do Irish. Um, all right, so before this goes into a full-on... I think it's fine. I think it's okay? I think the, these microphones are very directional. Right. So, so, we're, so it'll <laughs> just be like a light... I've already back. designed in my head the, the graphic for this episode. <laughs> like Because somebody did... I remember when... Uh, uh, Venom came out and the people started memeing and making fun of it. Yeah. Somebody did a weird crossover between Venom and Flubber, that horrible kids movie with <laughs> oh, Robin yeah. Williams. Yeah. And it took a panel of like I am Venom and but it made him look like he was green flu- like covered in the Flubber. Oh god. So <laughs> now it's perfect. And St. Patrick's Day is soon, isn't it? Sure. So yeah. this is where we we've uh we were avant-garde. We put like Venom in a you know, a kilt or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could give a, give him a little hat, <laughs> figure something out. A flute. It's a Photoshop challenge. I'm willing to accept. Excellent. You heard it here first. Okay, so we've established that this is a movie that should not have been made by this company. Right. Uh, it features a character that we never kind of figure out the mo- real motivations of. Nope. A bunch of reasons are given, but not established in any credible way. And then, here's where it got weird for me. There seemed to be like a sudden tonal shift. Or, ironically, this movie was like schizophrenic. Hmm. Where the second he bonds with the Venom, it's already got a name. Yeah. And it's... An, a name that Riot already knew. They already knew, for some he reason. Asked, him by, asked for him by name. Where's Venom? And Venom knows 
Right, by name. And they all have these this, these names that we don't know why they got them. Correct. Um, and whereas this was just like this violent goo that killed homeless people, <laughs> all of a sudden one of the violent goos has a project and another violent goo is a loser? Is that what the... What, Venom is the loser of his alien species? Apparently. Well, that, that's, that's what they... Because <clears throat> you're right about the tonal change. Because at first, Venom was like, we're going to eat all the people and kill you all. And then right. at some point, he, he just shifted. was like, I kind of like you. Inexplicably. I, kinda, I like this planet. And I want to stick around here. And I'm not going to let Riot do the thing that we came here to do. Because... I like you, and I'm a loser, and you're a loser too. So again, actual reasons, had they been given time and exposition and, and time to develop, could have been interesting. Yeah. But here they're just like, oh God, it's so annoying. Can we just, just tell him it's because of you and you love, and I'm just going to, you know, like, I'm just going to switch side with you. I don't want to feel like explaining myself. And what convinced him? It was just like the motorcycle chase? Which we still don't understand why it happened. Oh. Because we've established that Venom can take out an entire SWAT army in like three seconds. Why is it running from these four assholes in SUVs? <laughs> I don't know. And also, before I'll get to this in a second, where this was a, one of those films that I'm slowly thinking of building like a, a, a list of films like this. The Where is the Police films. <laughs> right? Yeah. Where everything's super realistic, but there is no police anywhere. It's true. They're flipping over cars. They're sending these weird explosion drones at him for, a, which I do not understand the purpose of. Yeah. The suicide drones. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I even said something to you in the theater at that at that moment. Yeah, you're like, weren't they trying to? Aren't they trying to capture him? They're trying to capture him because he's succeeded at symbiosis, where they've been trying. We've just been throwing homeless people <laughs> into a room and killing them one by one. And of course, we know he's succeeded symbiosis because the evil industrial turns to his entire staff and goes, he's achieved symbiosis. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. Right. Why oh, would that reminds me. Yeah. If, if they're just, ki- I don't know how many homeless people they went through. Let's say a lot. A lot. But then afterwards, the symbiote is able to jump into Brock's girlfriend. Right, little dog, and like they don't turn to jelly or anything like the like the first dude that they tried to. Yeah, there was all this like, like it's eating its organs, but yeah. like, and like it says Brock, Brock, Eddie Brock is special, but why we never know. Right, never and know. why is evil industrialist suddenly okay as a host? We don't know why that either. No. Why were they separated from their alien like race? We don't know that either. But one of the things that's after the I made my where's the police point yeah one thing that struck me immediately is when Eddie Brock gets taken by Venom he immediately goes into like this comedy routine yeah oh just ravenously eating and stuff well yeah but also like talking in a really jivey knowing in the know human way right whereas he just he just six months ago he's been in the lab for six months and we don't know what's happened to him, but he's talking all kinds of like in the no wink wink kind of funny one-liners. Because he's in his head, maybe. I think they said that at some point. Yeah, that but he's I mean, in like, his head and he knows all of his. Okay, so I know all your secrets, but like out of the get-go, he's like hungry. 
Mm. Give me, bite his head off. Yeah. Punch him in the dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, food, food. Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> He's just like yelling all this stuff at him in a gruff voice. And we don't know why. We, we have one conversation on the edge of the water about we should team up. But n- never is it explained what the symbiote gets from Eddie that it can't get from any other um, asshole. weird asshole. Yeah. Um, Just that I, I, like, I like you. His whole relationship with his fiance too, was so forced and was just so... This was such a bad... Like, there was nothing... There was no chemistry between him and that woman. That It seemed rushed. Very it rushed. It seemed just like, oh, we need a... This is going to be a date movie, so quick. Yeah. Cast one of those actresses all the, all the <laughs> girls love. Make them seem too happy at the beginning, or you know something's going to happen. But, like, you never got any sort Here's of... some coffee in bed, sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Tonight's we're... date night. All the pieces are there, but for not. Like, yeah. none of it is explored, explained, or fleshed out. And we're just... It felt like it was an hour-long movie, but it was two hours. Was it a full two hours? It was a two-hour-long movie, but it felt like it was 45 minutes. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And and then, like, the, the fight was predictable... The, the, I mean, in general, general movies, when they do like foreshadowing, it's it's kind of lame. Yeah. Like, oh no, I'm afraid of heights. Gonna be important later. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Venom straight up like, I don't like fire and sound. Uh, yeah, he's giving up all like, of. His why would you tell people that? At the exact frequency that that bothers you. Yeah, just whatever you do, guy. I just bonded with and isn't sure that he want he wants me, you know, in his body for the rest of his life. Yeah. Because I'm eating his lungs or something. Um, <laughs> please don't turn the sound on at this exact frequency because that would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> and also fire. And also fire. <laughs> don't forget fire. Don't forget fire. And then it's one of those scripts that's so con- contrived and so weak that the moment anyone says anything, you're like, oh, God, it's going to be important later. Yeah. The... Um the protection money in the in the uh, corner store. Oh Jesus Christ, man! At the beginning, you knew that that was gonna come back at the end. And it was the weirdest protection money scene I've seen in any movie. Yeah, give the, me a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> give me a bottle of whiskey and and the guy like this was the worst shakedown guy I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Yeah. Nobody would ever go in and like my protection money be better be all here or there's going to be trouble. And I'm putting a gun in your face. I'm not... Like, wait. Do you guys even know how this is done? <laughs> I think you guys are confusing a person robbing a store with a protection guy. Money. Yeah, totally. Right? Like, literally, someone who wrote this got the two confused. So he got, like, a weird Hispanic gangster guy to come in. But he's Racist. also... Right. All right. Um, he got a brown guy to come in. <laughs> An off-white. No, you're, you're not racist. I'm saying the casting. Oh, is the racist. cast. Oh, sorry. I was, <laughs> I was in full like apology mode. Uh, yeah, let's get like a street gang guy who's gonna like put a gun in the store in his face, but also like almost spell out word for word like, and the money that I'm shaking you down for every week. 
right. better I'll be here or I'll be upset. Like, just why don't you just record him? And <laughs> again, where's the police? Right. Where the fuck is the police? Nowhere to be found. And that guy, Eddie, just kills at the end of the movie. Yeah, so he's been biting people's heads off, which you never see. And no blood. No blood. Because this movie's clearly been like... So I, I was assuming that he'd bitten his head off Yeah. at the end. But then you can see behind and there's no blood. There's no body. Because they removed it. They edited it out. Or he ate the entire body. Which brings me to the whole physics of the suit, right? right. Like Brock's Where face is right behind <laughs> okay. Venom's face, yeah. right? But yeah. Venom's mouth opens up huge and then eats someone's head uh-huh. or, or a whole person. Right. And then the goo goes back into the body. First of all, how, how does that work? I'm not 100% clear. Because when, when Venom opens his mouth... Yeah wide you should see like eddie in his mouth like hello yeah like he's wearing his yeah like another skin and and at the end when he's like we are venom or whatever and like half of his face goes Uh away like his face is right he's right there he's a couple of layers underneath it's not like they morph into one creature it's like yeah he's wearing him like a suit if like you know my family was threatened and i had to find a quick explanation (laughs) for the gangsters who are Really need answers about yes, plot holes. Yeah. The plot hole gang, you know? Yes, tell me. Um, I'd say something like the whole thing is just for effect because the suit doesn't actually eat and digest anything. It just can sort of metabolize, like dissolve stuff. Okay. So the whole thing is for show and like none of the food is actually going into Eddie's mouth. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Not important. Okay, fair enough. It's just me then. But, I mean, at that at, that's the part where you see that there was a big debate where somebody probably tried to pitch this movie the way that um, Deadpool was pitched. Oh, yeah, okay. Where Ryan Reynolds or whoever it was that was the real push behind that project went like, listen, if we're trying a Marvel project here, in the, like, we're going to fail. Hmm. No one cares about this movie we need to a be able to make fun of the the whole process. Deadpool sure. is a ridiculous character, and you need to let us like <clears throat> embrace like a like a R-rated okay. thing. Okay, so it was originally supposed to be R-rated. You can tell. I mean, Venom yeah. is a full-on horror slime monster. Yeah, and you can tell that this was supposed to be like some body horror and some like slime and. You know, like the way the bums are being killed at the beginning by the tests. Mm-hmm. It's going into your nose. It's going into your mouth. Sure. Clearly, this was supposed to, And the way it's lit, too, the you can tell this was originally going to be like a R-rate, hard R, mm. horror superhero film, which would have given it a reason to live. True. You yeah. would have forgiven the fact that Venom didn't need to be a film. And you would have been like, you know what? They did it because they did a hard R horror superhero film which is a niche that's not nobody's done one yeah why would they change that I, I think in the late stages by the this movie wallowed in developmental hell for so long that I think by the time whoever came along to quickly go like let's quickly try to turn a profit and forget this whole mess they repackaged it it hmm. stunk of the it's it stunk of the suicide squad like hack's job 
Yeah. Like they brought on another team to quickly PG up this film, removed all the blood, kind of cut some corners, rushed through some of the storyline, mm. and just gave us a couple of action beats, some explosions. Right. Uh, and removed, like basically just castrated or, or sanitized this whole thing. Whereas like Venom, if he's not ripping motherfuckers in two, why yeah. are we watching this movie? Right. What's special about Venom? Mm. Uh, we've had the slime monster movies. We've had the, the plague escaping movies. We've seen all of this shit before. Agreed. This could have been... This, they could have... They could have... Uh, maybe done something if they had let the original there's probably an original vision that was something Mm. but then the studios in the classic fashion like panicked quick this is not going to make enough money they didn't trust the vision so they went for a quick like PG-13 for mass appeal mass appeal that appealed to no mass (laughs) no mass apparently (laughs) I hadn't heard anything about the movie really like it's I only heard from you after we'd watched the movie that it was supposed to be a terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the, this was really like a perfect chance to like kick off reviews. Yeah, exactly. Um, with a movie that was like low stakes. True. And honestly, I can't really think of a movie at this point that's even in development that I'm like super hyped about. No. There's going to be some more superhero stuff. We saw the preview for Captain Marvel. Not yeah. a single, not a single goosebump. Not a, not a single one. Not a bump. I mean, it's gonna have some superhero stuff in it. Yeah, I'm sure. And just Captain Marvel and the girls have a superhero too, and she's gonna save the day. Blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, but I mean, that was is gonna probably at least be competent. I'm all for girl superheroes. I just that particular trailer didn't didn't do any. No, the trailer was pretty idea. shitty. Yeah. But also, I think it's set in the '90s. Which is a is a right. is now like a novelty thing. For us, it's gonna be hilarious, but it's right. set in nineties are now like retro and cool to look at. Right. So that she crashes into a blockbuster video. Yeah, big nyuk nyuk moment. So let's let's wrap up with this aspect of it. Let's do it. The movie forces a like does a really big hype job on this. Spider-Man animated movie that's coming out called Into the Spider-Verse or something. Yeah, that was super weird. It's like a rotoscope kind of Pixar, Marvel like, clearly for children, right? I think so. Yeah, it's for kids. It's a kid story. All the stuff. Okay, so we see it in the beginning of the film as a, as a, like a preview. And we're like, oh, okay, little Spider- Spider-Man plug. But then... Yeah, we waited until the the very very last after credits scene, and it's that they make us watch like four minutes of Spider Verse, is as a post credit scene to Venom, which had no allusions to Spider Man, no connection to any of him. Right. It was just like gratuitously like jammed in there. Maybe but that's why they wanted to be PG so that they could push this animated Spider Verse thing. Yeah, this sounds like a, like a series of horrible decisions from executives yeah like uh, with with no love for this movie they just like shove it out there let's try to make some money hmm. let's do the bare minimum advertisement and let's just get the hype going on Spider-Verse because that's how we're going to make our money back so, so is that a is that an actual movie coming out yeah they're going to release it in theater it's like a Pixar kind of 
Spider-Man movie. But I don't understand what it's doing, like, paired with this fucking movie, with Venom. It had made no sense. It made no sense to me. And, of course, the hilarious post credit scene, I think, was supposed to be hilarious. And I, I can't... The reason I feel this is a this is a hack job is because... A ca- a ca- or a hatchet job, rather. is because... Um, you occasionally had little moments of brilliance that would like trickle through that hmm. felt like they were remnants, residue from what this was maybe originally. Like there'd be an occasional funny line. Hmm. Um, or when at the, at the, the post credit scene with Woody Harrelson as uh, Cassidy right. with the ridiculous hairdo. <laughs> that wig is just... That wig was retarded. <laughs> they just, it was so retarded. But what was great about it is that the, if you listen to the dialogue which you mm. didn't have any incentive to pay attention at this point. Right. It was actually pretty advanced stuff. Really? I think it was left over from the original Venom movie. Because uh. it was actually pretty clever because he walks in to see the psychopath that's under guard and literally uh, uh, Cassidy goes, do you want me to do the whole... I think... Um, do you want me to do the whole psychopath thing? Because I can turn that on if you want. I can do the whole crazy like Science yeah. of the Lambs bit. Right. He's like, oh, no, it's cool. Cool. So anyway, listen. When I get out of here, I'm gonna kill a lot of people. <laughs> I thought that was that was a funny scene. Yeah. No, I think it was great. And Woody Harrelson's always fun. But, but it made no sense because yeah. Brock isn't a reporter anymore. But he, he was. He made, just finished saying he's not. He's done. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got a stupid notebook, which doesn't make any sense. And and even that whole last scene with him and his fiance or ex fiance was seemed like it was just ad libbed. A little bit. But uh, and that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Venom, everybody, it sucked. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. I give it. A, it wasn't the worst though. I mean, I was entertained. For I the was most not part. offended. I was not offended, but I it did nothing for me. Yeah, not really. It kind of. Gla- I felt like a duck, and it was like water on a duck, <laughs> like rain. Mm. I like saw the rain. rain. It was pretty. Mm. It smelled like ozone, mm. but it just bounced right off me. <laughs> so, so what's the rating? I don't think it deserves a rating. Yeah, I agree. I'd be like, I'd be okay with this film. I think this is a very good in uh, uh, movie to play on a, on an airplane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we found the world's first like. Would be great to see on a plane, <laughs> on a shitty flight. Be like, you know what? This is a good movie. It's, it's the amount of attention I'm able to give onto a movie, mm. to a, like an eight-inch screen on a plane. Mm, pass the time. To pass the time and the annoyance of being cramped in there with a bunch of dickheads. And if you fall asleep, you fall asleep halfway through, it doesn't matter. You don't feel bad. No. If the captain chimes in and fucks up and you can't hear the dialogue for a minute, you, you don't miss anything. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, some fighting, and it's over. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening for motivation and you know character development, there isn't any. So yeah. just and that's what an airplane movie should do for you. That's it. Just buckle up and enjoy the ride. It should never be like, <laughs> goddamn. When I get home, I need to get me the director's cut of this and really pay attention to it. Yeah. It should kind of barely hold your attention. Exactly. <laughs> Venom, everybody. <laughs> yeah.